0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, how to do succession planning, chapter three, the simple form. Here we go. So Mark, today you're going to tell us how to create a dead
1: simple succession planning form. Yep. And you know what? I thought about this as I was writing the cast the other day. It occurred to me, there are people in HR that will hear this cast and not like it. And folks, if you're in HR, we love you. And we'll talk about why there's a dichotomy between what what you recommend and what you use and what we recommend, because this is manager tools, it's not organizational tools. In our first cast in this series about succession planning, geared toward the individual manager, we told you, get started. A simple, widely spread concept that will help 90% of the managers in the world think about succession planning is ready now and ready next And I think in that cast, we actually said, you know, just think about it and write down who's ready now and who's ready next on a napkin. And this cast is about making that napkin pretty so that your boss will like it and you'll have a way to review your work periodically. So we've got four points we want to make. First of all, we're going to talk about one page. We really strongly recommend one page. Then we're going to talk about the ready now section where you talk about the name of the person and their role and their strengths and their weaknesses and what they're ready for. You can't just say they're ready. You have to, you have to describe, you have to name jobs. And then we're going to talk about ready next. Their name, their role, strengths, weaknesses, and the plan you have to get them ready. And then lastly, we do need to mention people who are not ready, not because they're not good, but simply because they're not ready for growth opportunities or, or sideways development opportunities. And in that case, you put down name and you put down notes for why they're not ready. There are all kinds of good reasons why somebody would be not ready. This is not a, report card. It's a future planning document to help you think about where people will be in the next couple of years and how to, how to create a roadmap to get them there.
0: Good. Now, I think a lot of managers think that succession planning is difficult. It's complex. There's a lot of moving pieces to it. Yep. Yet, you're recommending something that seems really simple, a one-page document that lays it all out. That's counterintuitive for a lot of folks, I think.
1: I think one of the problems is that managers, I think a lot of us, I felt this way at times too. Somebody else has the answers. Somebody else does. Maybe it's an MBA or something like that. Trust me, it's not an MBA. (laughs) We think we don't know, but somebody else does. And most people, guys, look, we love you. We love managers. This is what we do. And most people don't know a great deal about how to manage people and that's okay. And those that do, No succession planning. And if you ask them, okay, here's what my firm does, they have a tool. But usually if they show you a tool, it's a pretty big darn tool and their firm uses it or their previous firm use it. And it's complicated guys because it serves a different purpose than what ours does, which is designed to help the individual manager.
0: If it doesn't address the individual manager, what does that tool address? Who does it help? If not the manager?
1: Yeah, I think this is an, this is a distinction we all have to learn about the organizational systems we interact with and those systems impact on us as managers. Very few organizational systems. And and by the way, guys, this is not an indictment of them, but very few organizational systems are designed to benefit managers. They're designed to serve the informational and decision needs of the organization. Okay? Now, often, when it comes to people stuff, like what we end up talking about a lot, The organization's people people are HR. And so you'll find systems. And when it comes to succession planning that tend to be, that tend to satisfy HR's needs for managing the talent across the organization. The classic example, widespread example of a system that is designed to serve the organization, but in fact, managers play the key role in is performance reviews. And we have to learn as managers that to be more effective, We have to ignore our lack of knowledge about what big solutions our organizations might or might not roll out, what they're doing or what they're not going to do, what HR says is coming or anything else. And we need to decide to come up with tools, processes, thinking that can help us do what we can do for ourselves and potentially to serve the organization later. That's a very long-winded way of why Manager Tools exists, because there are tools that the organization uses that serve the organization, which managers end up feeding data into, and it's a nut roll for managers, but you know, I, I don't even know that many managers who know who to ask in HR, can I please have all the performance reviews of the people who work for me? And then there are HR people who say, well, you can't really have them, which is just mind boggling, right? Yeah. So I don't don't want to rant guys. My my point here is this tool we're creating is something that we are sharing is for you to help you manage where your people are. And if every manager thought this way and had this data at her fingertips, the organization would naturally be able to upload or, or essentially put this into a broader framework, uh, into a mural that would allow them to understand the organization. But because managers, because we don't do this, what ends up happening is the organization comes up with a form and then we have to put our round pegs into square holes and it's uncomfortable. Right. And so this
0: tool, the manager tool's one-page succession planning document, or we call it here,
1: M-T-O-P-S-P-D. Yeah, right. Dude, <laughs> dude. I only put that in the show notes because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, recently, I recently suggested that we would start calling one-on-ones M-T-O-3s. And the only notes I got were negative, like, please don't become an acronym, mill. So we're not we're not going to call it the MTOPSCD. It sounds it sounds <laughs> like yeah.
0: something like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, but I interrupted you. It's for the manager, and that's that's the key piece here. Yeah, we want managers. We got, if you're listening, if you're a manager, we want you to think about your people, determine where they are and where they need to be or where they could be. Okay. This form won't fulfill every need of RHR person, but A, we don't work for the HR person, and B, no offense, HR, we love you, but you're not trying to serve us either with your forms, with your deadlines, with your demands, okay? And frankly, regardless of all that, we still have to develop our folks within the context of the organization, and some of our folks may want to grow, and if they want to grow, we have to help them. Otherwise, we're going to lose them.
0: Yeah. We could spend a lot of time thinking about succession planning. Could We could make it very complex. And so, What we've done at Manager Tools is we've made this one page. Given the complexity and the importance of it, why one page?
1: I mean, shouldn't it be longer? Let's go back succession planning is not complex the way organizations try to get information and put it into a a larger matrix or some fundamental way of thinking competencies is often one that comes up and we won't go there (laughs) it's not inherently complex what the individual manager does oh you could argue it's it's succession planning and it's a complexity and complicated are two different things but the scope of it, of succession planning, can be drilled down to a very granular level, the individual manager. The reason it's one page is because we don't teach stuff that people won't do. We, <laughs> this is a one page document because we think managers will do it. That's why. That's a useful tool, something that people actually, actually execute on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the basic work necessary for the succession planning that we're going to recommend. Which is basic. There are people who are in the HR consulting business who would laugh their heads off at our succession planning document. But if you're a manager tools manager and they give you some big thing to do and you hand them your form, they'll be like, wow, this is great. You're the only one who's thought about it. Yeah, you're right. That's who I am. That's how I roll kind of thing. (laughs) But the basic work we all need to do is already in our heads. What do we know about our folks? Good and bad. What other work might they be ready for and or be interested in that would be a better use of their labor value for the organization? Not necessarily for me. I might have to lose somebody to go to a place where they can deliver more value per dollar in the productivity equation that every manager ought to be thinking about a lot. Where can they be of best service to the organization? Sometimes that means moving them to a place that they want to be because they'll stay. Another time, it's moving to their a place where their skills are best used And and that's all already in our heads. Look, we think if you have about 10 folks working for you, you could finish 80% of this form in an hour. And I'll tell you, it's my form. I've used it for years, but frankly, I could do it in 30 minutes because I'm not trying to create a report. I'm capturing data. I'm simply putting into the form something that will allow me a one-page look at where my people are and where I think they might be going. I'm not having to fill out something that corporate came up with. You know, it's not hard. Most of you, if you're listening, if you're a manager, you know most of what you need to know when we'll walk through the form here in just a minute. Now, look, I'm not saying that an hour... Or heck, even a half an hour is going to give you every possible insight, every possible detail that you're going to need to be a succession planning or SP maven. But let's not make the perfect enemy the good. You won't get any insights if you're never thinking about succession planning because A, you're too busy and B, you're waiting for corporate to roll out some smothering pile of paperwork and, and frankly, documentation as well. Let's stop trying to serve the organizational beast and ask ourselves, what is it we know that ultimately would go into their system anyway, that we can put into our form and not think of it as some big formal system. And let's lower the bar to our own knowledge and not think we're wrong, but rather we know what we know. Let's get it on paper. And frankly, I think some of you, the insight will be, wow, I put it on paper and now I really realize that I get some work to do. Or, hey, I'm pretty good. Or, you know what? I bet I'm going to lose three of my guys in the next two years. That's not good.
0: Yeah. Sometimes we make things so complex and so big that we come up with reasons not to tackle it. It's so big. I mean, why get started? Because it's, it's going to be hours and hours. And what we're talking about here is something really pretty basic and simple.
1: There are times when, in my career, where I have oversimplified things to my detriment, right? There were things that, that really were complex. They were calculus, and I was trying to solve them with algebra. No question about that. But over and over and over again, my experience with managers is they do want something simple, something serviceable, not something complex or, or comprehensive. Let's put on two ends of the spectrum, roughly serviceable and comprehensive. And I think there are too many people trying to come up with comprehensive. And, and frankly, when it comes to succession planning for so many organizations that don't do it anyway, serviceable is much better. I'll give you a good example of this. A number of years ago, somebody who was an associate of mine was writing a book and they were going to self publish. This is heck, this is 20 years ago. Back then it wasn't self publishing. It was called vanity press actually. And, um, they said, well, I don't know what typeface to use. And they were saying, I like this and I like that. And oh, they were looking at like 10 different typefaces. And I don't know about the rest of y'all, but it, but if I start looking at typefaces, they kind of all blend in after a while. And I certainly don't have an artistic eye. And he said, I don't know. What should we do? It's hard to say. And I said, Roger, you know, let, let's do, do this real quick. I walked over to his bookshelf and I opened up five books on the bookshelf, fiction, nonfiction books, which is what he had written. And they were all in serif fonts. Yeah, there's a good hint right there. Yeah, meaning the ones without, the ones with feet. Because apparently serif fonts are slightly easier to read. And
0: so, and so you said, uh, let's pick a serif font. <laughs>
1: That's a place. Yeah, to- let's pick a serif font, dude. And, and the, he was only looking, there's like a bunch of fonts, but only one of them was serif. And that was the one. And, I, and he was like, yeah, there you go. And now look, I wasn't smarter than him. I just simplified it and said, what are everybody else using? Right. And, and maybe another one would be pretty. I happen to like sensory fonts, but I don't know that I write a book in that font. So this is simplistic and it wouldn't hurt our feelings if some of you, if somebody said to us, this is overly simplistic. I said, yeah, but it has a, it has an enormous advantage. There's not a manager in the world who doesn't look at this and go, I could do that in half an hour. And then I've checked the box and I've captured my insights all in one page. There you go.
0: Yeah, just put the put the one pager in front of you, type or write a name, and make some first blush notes.
1: That's it, really. Yeah. You don't think formal report. That's what kills a lot of us. I know it does with me, right? Don't think formal report. Think useful capture. Your first draft doesn't need to be a compendium of knowledge. And the problem with that is if you're not careful, you're going to scare yourself away from doing anything at all. And if you'll just take a bite at a time, you'll get better at it every time you do it. Look, I'm I'm going to go further, and and I don't want to I don't want to ruffle any feathers here. And if you want to disagree with me on this, folks, it's okay. <laughs> when you say that, I know you're going to. So no, no, I don't. No, I don't mean to. Though I really, honestly, I no, five, I know you don't seven, year, seven years, seven years ago, well. though, dude, I did. I intended to ruffle feathers. I don't. I don't. You I'm don't older and wiser now. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that if I did, I wouldn't. Please, if I'm, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm not. I'm not that mature. Your intent is pure. Yeah, my intent. Yeah, that's exact. Thank <laughs> you, partner. My intent is pure. Oh, but wait a minute. Somebody
0: I know, a management consultant I know, once told me that intent means nothing. Okay,
1: intent <laughs> means nothing. There you go. All it matters is behavior. So, look, guys, a, a suggestion: if your firm uses competencies, ignore them. of you who work in firms that use competencies don't know what the competencies are, don't understand why HR uses them, knows they're an important part of the company, but most managers don't really know them other than they have to refer to the book. Don't do that, okay? The performance of your people is the performance of your people. Competencies are a way to look through. They're a filter to look through people. If you capture performance notes about abilities and future abilities on our form, answering the questions that we've got, which are super simple. You will then later be able to say, based on what I was thinking and what I know, how can I write that in competency language? you'll be able to take this one pager and when somebody says okay we're going to do competency based succession planning you're going to be like good bring it on dude i got it and they'll send you a form that's like nine pages and you'll just go okay i'm just going to i'm going to shove all the knowledge that i have all my insights through the sieve of competencies and it'll look as if i'm a competency maven so just sketch some stuff out if you end up referring to this which is we would highly recommend that when hr comes calling for stuff you can compare your notes to the company's manuals and and you'll be fine. You'll totally be fine. Now look, we said it's a one-pager, but it depends on how many people you have. Your version of our form may grow to longer than one page if you have a lot of directs. Okay, if you've got 25 directs, you're probably not going to fit them all on one page. It's a it's a uh portrait I'm sorry, it's landscape page. Uh, it's wider than it is tall but if doing 10 succession planning reviews you know if if you start worrying you're going to be longer than one page and you got 10 or 15 people if 10 blows your mind I, I can't i can't sit down and think about my people fine just do one today on monday and then do another one on tuesday and then do another one on wednesday you know by the mile it's a trial by the yard it's hard by the inch it's a cinch And approaching these kind of things in small bites is totally normal. By the time you get to the last one, you're going to want to go back and redo the first couple because you'll have learned thinking about everybody about the insights relative to your folks.
0: Right. Now, this form you're talking about, are are we going to make that available to folks on the website?
1: Wouldn't it be uh, a licensee? I mean, wouldn't it go with the show notes? I would think so. So, okay. So, licensees will get access to the form. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, now, to be fair, for those of you who are non-licensees, we're going to describe the form you should be able to create it yourself. But if you don't want to have to do that, then you can become a licensee. It's not very expensive. And then you can get the form.
0: Let's go on to our next point. Ready now, mm-hmm. name,
1: role, strengths,
0: weaknesses, and ready for. Now the ready for thing, I'm, I'm, I want to talk about that because
1: often people forget about that. That gets people, the young, yes. particularly young managers. Oh, I have to decide what they're ready for. Well, like, yeah, how can you know you're ready if they're not, <laughs> if you don't know what job you're talking about? I don't know what for, but they're ready. <laughs> Basically, the way the form is set up, it's got three sections of people. The top section is those folks who are ready now. And the five columns of data, and it's just a big word table, our name, role, strengths, weaknesses, ready for. And we start with the ready now folks, our best people, those folks who are ready now for more responsibilities. We're not going to reinvent the wheel here, guys. Chapter one of our series on succession planning was ready now and ready next. And we explained to you what the difference is Uh, fairly straightforward. And we're going to take each one of the columns in turn. We're not going to define name and role for you. We think you can figure that out. So strengths. Look, it's not hard guys. If you want to be a simple uh, pencil and pad kind of manager, which we recommend you ask yourself, what are they good at? You don't have to list everything. But do list those skills or traits or their accomplishments that are most necessary for the kind of promotion or job opportunities that you're thinking about them for. Don't list 20 strengths. Nobody's going to believe you. Maybe 10, but if you ask me, you really only need five. If you if you want to target a number, you feel like, well, if I have that number, I'll probably look like I know what I'm doing. Target five for your top performers of strengths, okay? And by the way, we're not going to give any more guidance than that. Strengths, whatever you want to, strengths, traits, skills, traits, characteristics, accomplishments, abilities, whatever you want. Okay. How about about weaknesses? Yeah. Now, a little bit of caution here. Some folks leave off the weaknesses for those people who are ready now. And it really depends on the level of candor that you think your organization practices relative to talent, okay? Some organizations demand it, and I admire that enormously. GE, Procter & Gamble, J&J, and there are others. I just use those off the top of my head. Other organizations will suggest that, well, if the guy's got weaknesses, how could he possibly be promoted? And that's like saying... Well, if the guy is human, why would we hire him? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, because you know, I don't know. I, I pretty much I checked, and I think all the HR people at those companies that are worried about weaknesses—they're all perfect, perfect creatures. Right. It's very impressive. Let's back up a little bit here, just
0: to make sure people know where you're coming from. Our, our assumption here, when we're talking about this, is that you're going to be sharing this with the organization, or at least with your boss. And some organizations have a higher tolerance for talking about weaknesses. And some organizations have a low tolerance, and the mere mention of somebody's weakness would disqualify them for future opportunities. And so that's a judgment call you're going to have to make when filling this out. And you wouldn't want to take one of your best people who has a weakness and kill them just because you were the one that's honest enough to talk about it.
1: And, you know, it's interesting. You could easily capture their weaknesses, but then remember, highlight it in some way, and then remember, no one ever sees this form but me, and it's my raw material to satisfy HR when they get around to succession planning in a couple of years but i'm going to keep mine updated you know I, I tell you mike the best example i can think of i was thinking around for an example despite the meritocracy that i felt the army practice was the army when you and i yes. i mean imma- imagine if we if a weakness had been mentioned on a performance review
0: yeah it's it crazy now they changed it over time with senior raider profiles etc but on you know particularly for ncos i remember as lieutenant if i gave my Sergeant, anything but I think the the top score is 125, right? If I gave 125, him 125, that's right. If I gave him anything less than 125, he was done. Yeah. And so, you know, we got you, you both. You and I did the same thing. We got in the practice of writing two evaluations, right? One with the one twenty-five yeah. that was official, and another one which is okay. Now, let me tell you what I really think, right? But yeah, yeah, you got to watch that stuff, folks. I don't want
1: you watching my back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you got to watch that stuff because you know, look, look, at it. you don't want to be the one honest and forthright person and candid with your with your folks and ruin their career as a result of being stupid about it. So.
1: This is not stupid tools. <laughs> right. So we're to Yeah, good point. It's not stupid tools. And we put weaknesses down because if you're doing this just for yourself to create the raw data that you would then use to, to harvest information to share with HR, you could put weaknesses down. You might choose to soften it up and say opportunities for development or areas for improvement, whatever you want. Um, I look a little bit askance at that simply because we try to speak in very plain language because we know many of you are going to have to water it down and we don't want to start with a watered down idea, but I'll never forget when a client said to me, we don't like positive and negative feedback. We don't like those words. It's not negative. We are trying to make the person feel good. And I, I remember saying very clear to this SVP, I'm not trying to make anybody feel good. And in fact, neither you nor me are capable of making anyone feel anything and he just looked at me like I was insane. But, but this was the company that said we would prefer the words affirming or adjusting feedback.
0: Right. Well, it's, like, it's kind of like constructive criticism, right? Nobody, yeah. Like constructive
1: criticism. Well, nobody thinks criticism is terrible. Yeah, well, yeah they all feel – people just feel criticized. That's what exactly. they do. Yeah. Okay, so that's weaknesses. And then the next column, the fifth column out to the right, name, role, strengths, weaknesses – And by the way, the role is the role they're in now, okay? The fifth column is ready for. And the way succession planning works generally is you can't just claim someone is so good that they're, quote, ready, unquote. That, again, I think I said this earlier, that's that's akin to being ready for anything, which is never true. What you have to think about, what you have to put in that block is what jobs are you thinking about them for? And guys, it doesn't have to be your job. It could be your job. It could be your job and one of your peers' jobs. It could be one of your peers' jobs only. It could be a lateral move that makes sense and adds value based on their skill set or their desire. And what I found is it will be a little easier on the manager who is more open-minded Far better for you to think of it as a draft or a working document and cast your net a little further than might make sense. Don't just make stuff up. You know, you can always cut back and take one or two points off. But if this is the start of a conversation with your boss or HR, nothing wrong with pushing the envelope a little bit, because trust me, they're only going to get promoted to roles that the organization wants them in. But if we're too careful in the beginning, we may be eliminating someone Thinking creatively along with us about a potential path, and hopefully most of you who are listening know that the straight vertical path in organizations is really hard to do and and frankly not well adv- not advised because if you 're going to get to the top if you 're going to be an executive you 're going to have to be able to meld different abilities uh, different backgrounds within the firm you 've got to have relationships across the organization. I don't think the serpentine path is necessarily the best one, and I certainly don't like people who are Machiavellian about their career. I think a little bit of organicness is good, but people going in different directions is much more the norm today, and if you only think vertically, you're limiting people, I think, unnecessarily. Yeah,
0: good point. Okay, so let's talk about the the next section. If you think about the the form, there's the Ready Now section, right? Right. That's the top. Below that is the Ready Next section. And the Ready Next has some different columns, right? It has a name, role, strengths, weaknesses, and then a plan.
1: Yeah. Now, you can. I've seen some where it actually has an extra column for Ready Next, which is name, role, strengths, weaknesses, ready for, ready next for with jobs and then the plan or the idea of how you're going to get the person ready out to the right. You could certainly do that. It's, it's not hard. You could modify the form that we've created if you're a, if you're a licensee. But basically the only thing that's different here is the plan column and the plan column is your place to write in. What are you doing about getting this person from ready next? Meaning they're not ready now. They might be ready in 12 to 18 months as an example. Uh, what are you doing to get them from not quite being ready to being ready so the organization has more flexibility? Remember, if your person is not ready to move because they're ready next, but they're not yet ready, or they're not ready at all, period, and they're not going to be ready next anytime soon, that person reduces the labor flexibility of your organization. A person who has number of roles that they're ready now for gives senior executives who are figuring out the talent planning for the for a division or a group or whatever going forward gives them a lot more flexibility. Oh, yeah. it's better. And managers forget about that. Right. The key here is you've identified a gap between yes like,
0: to be ready now. Well, th- these are some things they need to to learn or do or whatever. And so the idea here is in this column to capture. What do you intend to do to
1: close that gap? Yeah, in fact, it's what's funny is this, this gap, this analysis, this planning is where the manager tools coaching model set a goal, brainstorm resources, develop a plan, and act, was first tested. And we did a number of, gosh, it's been 18, 19, 20 years ago with a large multinational firm. They were trying to figure out how to help managers Close the gap between ready next and ready now, and not ready into ready next. In the coaching, we we came up with several different versions of the coaching model, and gradually whittled it down to the four step process we have now. And just one other point I want to mention about the plan: usually, a time frame for someone's readiness is captured at this point also. So, if the plan is to get them to position A, you would say how long it takes to get to position A. Now, I said that wrong, not how long it takes to get to position A, but rather how long you think it will take them. There's no plan for how long it'll take somebody, but generally speaking, and it's a judgment call. This is not mechanistic, guys. This is your judgment. And the way your judgment gets better is you do more of it. Yeah.
0: And it's nice to have the coaching model behind
1: you to make this stuff all come together. Of course. And I'll tell you, I've said it before at conferences. I think the coaching model is the least used of the four tools that make up the management trinity. And it doesn't astound me. I Look, at some point, the data are the data, but it disappoints me because it's not that hard. And, you know, all development is self-development. And uh, it's fairly unburdensome, and it works. So if you're hearing us and you're thinking, you know, I got to develop my people, please go back and listen to the coaching podcast, uh, the coaching model. It works.
0: Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you have any question about how it works and the success you're going to have as a result, just give me a call. Just give me a call. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's nice.
0: Let's talk about not ready. And the columns are names and notes. It's a little bit different, name and notes. But yeah. I, but I want to ask you something before we get into the columns, because I know I it's think a be lot a of guy, folks, yeah. you know where I'm going here, right? Because a lot of folks think that if they're in not ready, they are necessarily poor performers and and we don't believe that that's not necessarily true
1: no and i and i'll tell you when i first learned this i made the mistake of developing a simplistic thing like this it was more complicated than this for a company that had that used a special package of hr software and so we had to fit it into that and i knew what not ready was but we hadn't yet communicated that to the organization. And so, look, if there's three tiers on a form and you're in the bottom tier, that's not good. And it was perceived that even though the intent was lily white, that in fact, no, that was a kiss of death. And, and it took us a while to overcome the wrong misapprehension that existed. Um, but no, no. Just because somebody's not ready doesn't mean they're poor performers. They may have achieved all they're going to achieve for the firm. Though, frankly, I think one of the big mistakes that managers make in small bits all day long, all over the world, is managers don't test what they're told or what their assumptions are regarding somebody's upper limit, and they waste all kinds of potential productivity growth because they just assume, oh, well, he's close to retirement, he's not going to grow. And frankly, if you're close to retirement and you work for me, you probably won't Want to work for me? And maybe that means you'll retire. And I'll be like, okay, fine. I'll I'll fill your slot. But we're going to keep asking you to grow because your job, the person's job, is always changing. The job keeps up with the organization. The organization keeps up with the market and the outside world. If the person is staying the same, by definition, they're decaying. Okay? But regardless, a person may not be ready for any other role at that particular time. It happens. Okay, And there's no indication that there's a role in the future that they'll be ready next for either. So what you do is you capture who this person is and some notes about why they're re- not ready. And look, it could be lack of skills growth. It certainly could. It also could be temporary. It could be personal. It could be medical. You know, your, your kid is sick and in the hospital. You don't want to change doctors in the middle of being treated for leukemia or Maybe being fitted for, for leg braces or maybe doing some orthopedic work to correct a birth defect or something like that. You don't, you don't want to change a family physician or a specialist at a time like that and then say, yeah, this person really needs to move somewhere else completely. Or they're in a satellite office. We need to get them at headquarters. Well, maybe, maybe you don't. And look, it could be that someone is failing and you don't want to give them another opportunity because if they're failing in their present job, unless there's a compelling reason why they should, they're in the wrong job, we generally don't want to invest more resources because that's what we do when we move somebody around in somebody who is not meeting their existing responsibilities. Even so, if you find somebody whose performance isn't that good, it wouldn't hurt to write it down because it ought to cause you to start thinking about what's my next step with this guy. What might the future hold in store for them? It's not succession planning, you know, it's not next job, but, but it may include late stage coaching or something like that. That's a completely different cast. Yeah, so, yeah. Probably a different discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And look, I, I feel like it's anticlimactic, but that's all there is guys. If you trust what's in your head about what you know about your people, You put a one-page document together with ready now, ready next, and not ready. You put their name, their role, their strengths, their weaknesses, what they're ready for, and the plan to get them ready for whatever job or to make them ready for right now, right? Again, I think there are some people who consult on this stuff and charge millions for it who would laugh at it. Let them, guys. Let them laugh. You'll be the only one with the important work done, who's ready on your team and why they're ready and who's who's going to be ready and how you're going to help them be ready. You're going to be the one that's ready when HR gets around to some big dog and pony show. Look, we can do resumes with 30 years of experience on one page. We can do reviews, performance reviews on one page. I mean, managers can even if your firm doesn't. And frankly, we can do succession planning, at least for now, on one page. And the important work of thinking about where your people are relative to opportunities in the firm will have already been done. You can do it in small bites. And it won't be a pretty report but it'll be a working document that'll make you a better manager and help you think more clearly about how you can help the organization by growing your people.
0: Yeah. And folks, don't give us a bad time about something so important being on one page because 95% of you have nothing. So one page. Yeah. 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 That's true. Forward. That's true. All right, my friend. I appreciate it. It's great. Thanks partner. Yeah. A lot of fun. We'll see you. (laughs) Bye. Thanks everyone. Hey, if you have any questions about today's cast, join us on the discussion forums www.manager-tools.com/forums. Hope to see you there. So long.